Well, for the next few weeks, it's okay to be countercultural because we march out of time with the rest of the world. This is the first Sunday of Advent, and we, as Christians, are preparing our hearts and minds for the birth of Jesus. But we also know that the rest of the world is taking part in Black Friday, watching football, go Michigan. <laughs> present on Thanksgiving Day. But now we quiet our hearts and our minds as we prepare for Jesus to return again. And in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, his first letter to the Thessalonians, he spends quite a bit of time talking to them about what they are experiencing when they've decided to follow Christ. They have found themselves to be on the outside. They're outsiders just as many times we feel like outsiders, because this is a penitential season. We call Advent a little Lent, and for that reason, we become quiet, and we focus on Jesus coming again. So the people that Paul is writing to are focusing on Jesus coming again. And they're focused on not just when he comes, but that he's going to come now. They've been promised that Jesus will return, hopefully, in their lifetime. So many of them have fallen away because, of course, Jesus doesn't come in a week or a month or a year. And as we know, he hasn't returned yet. But for the people of Thessalonia, or Thessalonica, excuse me, they were expecting Jesus to come any day. And when they stepped away from the temple and life as a Jew, they experienced being different and being ostracized. No longer did they worship in the temple. Instead, what they did was they went and had house churches. They shared meals with one another. That was quite different from what they were used to. There were no sacrifices like had been promised to them. DeAndre, can you sit down, please? Thanks. When Paul writes to the people in the passage that we read today, there are two things that he does. First of all, he summarizes who they are and their place in society. And he summarizes it very well. You will be on the outskirts, but you will stay together because you know who you follow. And the second piece is a, is a prayer that he offers to them. A prayer that says, have strength and prepare to meet Christ yet again. Because that's what they were working on and that's what we continue to work on today. We prepare our hearts 
for Christ to return. What does that mean? It means something for each and every one of us in our own way. It means, perhaps, adding something to your life these days before Christmas. Perhaps it means doing a good deed for someone, or helping out in the soup kitchen, or even pledging to a charity that is close to your heart. It's noticing the person in front of you and seeing them as a human being and not just another person. Really taking note of who they are and that we are all God's children. So Paul is so excited to, be in to write to the Thessalonians. He has planted a new church and we know that what happens with a new church is there's all kinds of excitement and they are, he is just really geeked up for the fire that will spread through Thessalonica. But, as all churches, they have their disagreements. I know that is a shocker to people. <laughs> so they begin to argue with each other, and Paul needs to step in and shepherd them and call them back and point their lives and their hearts and their minds in one direction. The idea that God is coming again and we don't know when and we don't know where, but he will return. There was, a there was a Presbyterian group that decided to go behind the Iron Curtain. It was just after East Germany fell, but there were still other countries that were under communist rule. The Presbyterian church hierarchy did not want the people to go, but the minister, she felt that it was important that they go to this place. The people in the, the government didn't want them to go, but she said no, it was important that they go. So they boarded the plane and made the long journey behind the Iron Curtain, and when the plane landed hours late, they were very worried because it was dark and it was cold in the middle of winter. It was starting to snow. And as they got in their cars and drove up the treacherous mountain paths to the village that they were visiting, they began, I'm sure, to wonder what exactly was going on and did they make the right decision. But they knew that they had because when they stopped to ask directions at a farmhouse, the farmer pointed them up the road and still, as the snow fell and the roads became more and more treacherous, they journeyed on. And suddenly, they came to someone holding a candle. And they asked, is this the way? Because they were certain that when they got to the church that they would have all locked it up and gone home for the night. And the person said, yes, this is the way. Well, as they traveled on, they saw more and more candles. Hundreds of candles lit the way of the road to lead them into the village. And when they got up to the church and they knocked on the door and the minister came out, they asked, is this the place? We didn't think you would still be here. 
And the minister said, yes, we're expecting you. Come the long-expected Jesus, born to set the captives free. The captives are us. What are you captive to? How are you asking Jesus to let you free from whatever it is that is troubling you in your life? Because he is waiting, and we expect him, as we do every year. Just like those people expected the visitors from the West. So may it be for us this Advent a time of waiting, a time of expectation, but also a time of meditating and thinking about who we are and who we want to be. Amen. Amen.